Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 until the modern era. We've got a lot to get to on today's show, including another victory for your New York Islanders. Wednesday night at the Nassau Coliseum, they pull off a 5-4 victory over the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Islanders continue their winning ways. They have gotten a point in every game they've played right now since October 11th, and their streak is now 13 games at 12-0-1. We will break down and analyze yesterday's game at the Coliseum in its entirety. We will also take a look at Brock Nelson and what he's meant to the Islanders so far this season. And, of course, we'll have our look back at this date in Islanders history and a whole lot more to talk about on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, well, before the game even started, lots of things happening at the Coliseum, and it it started pretty much at warm-ups before the game was even underway as the Maple Leafs took to the ice and John Tavares made his appearance on the Coliseum ice again, fans booing him loudly and eventually starting a chant, we don't need you. So overall, it is clear that despite the fact that more than a year has now gone by since John Tavares decided to leave the Islanders and head over to Toronto, the fact that the Islanders are playing better hockey without John Tavares than they ever really did with John Tavares, Islander fans are still angry, frustrated, and not quite ready to forgive their former captain uh, for his departure via free agency to Toronto. And again, before the game even started, that was abundantly clear. And uh, the goaltending matchup, Simeon Varlamov in the nets for the Islanders, who continue to alternate goaltenders every game, and as predicted, Frederick Anderson in between the pipes for the Maple Leafs, and it was an interesting first period. The Islanders, you know, not playing their best hockey, but at the same time, they got some pretty important plays. Now, Ross Johnston called for hooking 655 into the game. That gave Toronto the first power play of the game, but the Islanders did a good job of killing it off, and uh, that managed to keep things at 0-0. The shots on goal in the first period actually favored the Islanders by a margin of 9-5, to but at the same time, you know, the Islanders weren't on their A game. They were being outskated. Uh, they were kind of being out hit, but at the same time, they managed to take the lead. Matthew Barzal with the goal, his eighth of the season at the 14-23 mark, set up by Jordan Eberly, and it was one to nothing Islanders with 537 left in the period. And then, you know. The Islanders managed to get a late power play in that first period, and it turned out to be important. 
Travis Dermott of Toronto called for tripping Brock Nelson at 1749 of the opening period. It gives the Islanders their first power play of the game. And look, let's face it, the Islanders don't draw a lot of penalties. You almost think when the Islanders get one that it's going to be the only one they're going to receive for the game. But the Islanders make the most of that power play opportunity. Beauvillier, Anthony Beauvillier, his third of the season from Pulak and Brassard at 19-21 gives the Islanders a 2-0 lead. And here's the thing. You know, the Islanders were outplayed for most of that first period. But, you know, having a 1-0 lead is one thing. But when you score in the final minute of the period and you take a two-goal lead into that locker room after 20 minutes, that is a momentum changer. That is the kind of a play that changes the feel and the tempo of a game. And as a result, the 2-0 lead, uh, a, a pretty big one for the Islanders, and it proved to be a big one pretty quickly because it didn't take long in the second period for Toronto to get back into this contest. Just 43 seconds into the second period, Kasperi Kapanen, his fifth goal of the season, assisted by Tavares and Travis Dermott. And all of a sudden, it's a 2-1 to hockey game before everybody at the Coliseum had even retaken their seats from that first intermission. And it really did give the Maple Leafs a push. They dominated the second period, outshooting the Islanders 13-6 in the middle stanza. And they ended up tying the game midway through the period. William Nylander, his eighth goal of the season from Johnson and Muzzin at 11:22, And all of a sudden, that two-goal lead is gone. Now, had it only been a one-goal lead, you know, that's a whole different feeling. And the Maple Leafs would have had a lead, and, and it really would have been a situation that would not have been Uh, been as good for the Islanders. So that late goal in the first period, important. And then just to make it even better, Beauvillier comes through again at the 1643 mark of period two. Brock Nelson and Derek Brassard get the assists for Beauvillier, his fourth. And all of a sudden, the Islanders are up three to two after 40 minutes despite the fact that they were severely outplayed in the second period and, you know, didn't really dominate the first period either, although they outshot Toronto 9-5. to So at the end of two periods, shots on goal 18-15 in favor of Toronto, and the Islanders just look sluggish in that second period, for large chunks of it anyway. And it's not like the Islanders to be outskated, to not necessarily win those battles for loose pucks, for those 50-50 battles. And for most of the second period, they were on their heels. Varlamov coming up with some good saves to keep the game tied and then to preserve that 3-2 lead in the final few minutes of the second period. And after 40 minutes, the Islanders still ahead by that 3-2 margin And that made a difference. It really, truly made a difference uh, when you've got that lead heading into the third. But look, the Islanders remember only too well from their overtime loss against the Penguins. 
that a one-goal lead is certainly not safe. They blew a 3-0 lead after 40 minutes in that game in Brooklyn. So, you know, after 40 minutes, the Islanders knew they had a battle on their hands, especially with a team that is as explosive offensively as the Toronto Maple Leafs. We are going to discuss the third period of this game, and we've got a whole lot more to get to right after this. All right, before we discuss the third period, of course, some lineup changes for the Islanders, and the big one, of course, the anticipated return of Leo Komarov. So the Islanders juggling their lines. Top line, Barzal centering Anders Lee and Jordan Eberle. Brock Nelson centering that second line with Beauvillier and Bailey uh, on his wings. The third line now changed. Derek Brassard moving back to center that third line with Michael Dalcole and Leo Kamarov flanking him. And then Sezikis and Clutterbuck joined by Ross Johnston on the fourth line on the night. So this is the revamped Islanders lineup. On defense, you have Pelik and Pulak, Letty and Boychuk, and then Taze and Mayfield as the third pairing. So those are the adjusted lineups for the Islanders under the circumstances. In the third period, it was Brassard, who had been red hot since moving to the wing. Moving him back to center didn't seem to hurt him. It's a power play goal at the 8.07 mark to put the Islanders ahead 4-2. Pulak and Barzal get the assists, and that was a huge, huge goal for the New York Islanders because it broke the game open, gave them a little bit of breathing room, and little did they know how much breathing room they would need. The Islanders ended up being shorthanded at one point in that third period, and it could have been very costly under the circumstances, but a great penalty kill by Casey Sezikis. And, you know, again, Sezikis doesn't show up necessarily in the box score, but that penalty kill was absolutely important for the Islanders. And the effort he gave, and, you know, he even had a scoring chance, but overall... The effort that he gave, the fans very much appreciating it, and it really helped keep the Maple Leafs from getting back into the game at that point. Now, with the Islanders leading by a score of 4-2, to pretty early, the Maple Leafs decide to pull Anderson out of the net, and the Islanders manage to take advantage as Casey Sezikis scores an empty net goal for the Islanders to make the score 5-2 to two with 2 minutes and 28 seconds left in regulation time. So, you know, everything seemed fine. The Islanders had their three-goal lead, and it looked like all was well. But maybe the Islanders thought that a little too soon, and things got a little nerve-wracking at the end as Toronto rallied for two late goals to make this a hockey game. The Leafs cut the lead to 5-3 to on a goal by Hull from Gauthier and Shore at 18-13. So with a minute 47 left, suddenly it's 5-3. to And then 
John Tavares, the man himself, scores from in close. And that makes it a 5-4 hockey game with 37 seconds and change left in regulation. And all of a sudden, the Islanders are a little bit nervous. Obviously, when Tavares scores, the crowd booing, but uh, it got a little nerve-wracking. And again, the goalie is pulled, and the Maple Leafs had a few chances at the end of that game, but good defense by the Islanders, keeping them on the perimeter and keeping the puck out of the net, even though it stayed in the Islanders' zone for most of that final 30 seconds. And the Islanders hold on for the victory. Two Islander goals coming on the power play. They were two for three, while the penalty kill continues to do well as the Islanders stopped both Toronto chances with the extra attacker. The other area that the Islanders excelled at in this game, they outhit the Toronto Maple Leafs by a margin of 40-22 to 22 in this game. And, you know, again, that's the Islanders' style. They're going to come out and be physical and be tough and play that style of hockey that really kind of drives opponents crazy. The one thing you did not hear very often before Trotz arrived on Long Island was boy, the Islanders are a difficult team to play against. Nobody wants to go out there and face the New York Islanders. Now under Trotz, this team is going to hit. This team is going to play good positional defense. And the results are certainly showing up in the standings. The three stars of the game, all of them Islanders. Third star with one goal and one assist, Matthew Barzal. Derek Brassard with a goal and two helpers named the second star of the game. And with two goals, Anthony Beauvillier named the first star of the game. Attendance at the Nassau Coliseum, 13,293 very boisterous fans there to unwelcome John Tavares back to the Nassau Coliseum. One milestone in this game also, Josh Bailey of the Islanders playing in his 814th game with the franchise. That ties him for fifth all-time on the Islanders list in games played with Bob Bourne, who of course was a member of all four of the Islanders' Stanley Cup winning teams. So congratulations to Josh Bailey for reaching that milestone, and he should pass Bourne during Saturday's game in Philadelphia, barring any unforeseen setbacks. So another win for the New York Islanders, and an impressive one at that. Not so much because they played a flawless game, but probably because they do what good hockey teams do, and that is win games when they're not playing their A game. A good win for the Islanders overall. One of those things where, hey, we didn't have our best stuff, but we still managed to emerge victorious, and the streak continues for the New York Islanders, and that is an impressive thing. The Islanders now 12-0-1 in their last 13 games, and uh, 
look, that is so impressive for this franchise. All right, we've got more to get to here on Locked on Islanders in just a minute. We'll have this date in Islanders history, and we will take a look at Brock Nelson and what he's meant to the Islanders franchise this year. All this and more coming up right after this. Long day at work? Tough day at school? Still stuck at the office? Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Your sweatpants are on for the day, but you're sick of microwave leftovers and frozen pizza? Enter DoorDash, restaurant-quality food with a living room dress code. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city or town. Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities, so you just might find a new favorite too. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. Don't forget that's promo code LOCKEDON for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. All right, it's time for this date in Ireland. 1991 at the Brendan Byrne Arena in the Meadowlands with the New York Islanders. The Islanders fell behind early when Kevin Todd scored his seventh goal on the power play at the 4 minute and 37 second mark. But then the Islanders got three first period goals to take a big 3-1 to lead. First, Benoit Hogue scored at 9.35. Three and a half minutes later, it was Ray Ferraro with his fifth goal of the season. And then Patrick Flatley made it a 3-1 to Islanders lead at 18.53 of the opening period with Hogue and Ray Ferraro getting the assist. So Benoit Hogue had a goal and two assists in that first period. Patrick Flatley with a goal and one assist. But the Devils chipped away at the lead. Kevin Todd scored his second goal of the game in the second period, and that was his eighth of the season from Bruce Driver and Walt Podubny, and then with just seven minutes and one second left on the clock, Peter Stastny tied it at 3-3 for the Devils with a power play goal, assist to Alexei Kasatanov and Hall of Famer Scott Stevens, but the Islanders did not panic. They come through with a late goal at the 17-28 mark of the final period. Derek King, with his 12th of the season, assists to Pierre Turgeon and Uwe Krupp, and the Islanders end up with a 4-3 victory in this game. Ken Baumgartner of the Islanders, a.k.a. the Bomber, with 15 penalty minutes, in this game, Steve Weeks, the goalie for the Islanders, he makes 27 saves to earn the win. 
while Chris Terreri was minding the goal for the New Jersey Devils. All of that taking place on this date in Islanders history, November 14th, 1991. All right, let's talk about Brock Nelson and what he means to this New York Islanders team. He is right now their second line center and right now 11 points in 16 games coming into tonight's game or last night's game by the time you listen to this. So now 12 points in 17 games. Unfortunately, Nelson a minus three against the Maple Leafs, even though he did pick up the assist. And what Nelson is really more than anything is steady. Last year, he had a career high 53 points and was a plus 20 for the Islanders. He's not going to pick up a lot of penalty minutes, uh, but he is a willing shot blocker. And, you know, you look at his shot block numbers, oh, so consistent. We can start in his second season of 2014, 2015, 52, 50, 48, 52, and 55 shot blocks year after year. He is consistently being involved in all three zones. And that, I think, is one reason Barry Trotz really trusts Brock Nelson. He's a good leader in the locker room, doesn't take a lot of penalties, and, you know, he's one of those guys who can both contribute on the power play and shorthanded. He is going to average about two to three shots a game, a little bit more than two shots a game. And usually, you know, not the best face-off guy, but reliably close to about 48% in the face-off circle. But, you know, Brock Nelson is sort of the poster boy for this Islander team in the sense that he's positionally sound, consistent, plays a solid game in all three zones and works very hard. And and that's the kind of player that the Islanders certainly appreciate uh, and, and who makes this team what they are. So right now, Brock Nelson, a consistent guy who's going to be between 20 and 25 goals in a season, going to get you between, let's say, 40 and 50 points. And it's going to give you consistent effort. Look at the games played also for Brock Nelson starting in 2014-2015. 82, 81, 81, 82, 82. That means in the last five years, he's missed only two games. And, you know, the old cliche in sports, one of the most important abilities is availability. Brock Nelson certainly fits that mold. The Islanders will now enjoy two off days, Thursday and Friday, before they take to the ice again on Saturday and basically take on the Philadelphia Flyers in Philadelphia. Then early next week, they will be in Pittsburgh. So a two-game Pennsylvania road trip coming up for the Islanders after they go 3-0-1 on this four-game homestand. Uh, with three of those games being played at the Barclays Center and then last night's game back at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter. We are at Locked on Isles. You could also email the show if you have any questions or comments or if there's a particular topic you want us to discuss here on the show. Just uh, leave your question 
along with your name and where you're from, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. That's LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Islanders. Join us tomorrow when we'll have a full preview of Saturday's game against the Philadelphia Flyers. We'll, of course, also have this date in Islanders history and a whole lot more. Good times right now for the New York Islanders. 12-0-1 in their last 13 games. We'll see if they can keep things going. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Thanks for joining us today on Locked On Islanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.